The Big Blue Box Podcast, Episode 6. Hello, I'm the Doctor. Hello Who fans, coming to you from somewhere in space and time, this is the Big Blue Box Podcast, thank you very much for joining me, this is episode 6, bit of a different one this week, um, I've got a very special guest with me, he's going to be joining me as, um, as co-host duty, um, you probably know him as the Geek's Handbag, um, aka Adam Charlton, um, hello and welcome Adam. Hello, thank you, from somewhere in the middle of nowhere over here. We've got a quite a similar intro haven't we? Coming. We have a bit, yeah. yeah. I don't know where that came from actually, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, coming from somewhere in space and time in the middle of nowhere <laughs> is episode six. <laughs> um, so, um, tell us about yourself, Adam. How did you get into Doctor Who and what's the Geek's Handbag about? Oh gosh, I don't know if we've got a podcast long enough for that, uh, Gary, but I, I mean, I, I've been watching Doctor Who ever since I can remember, literally, I can remember being a small kid watching it on the TV screen. So I've always watched it through the good and the bad. Cool. And yep. um, yeah, and I, and I love it today. I love the new series as well. And um, Geek's Handbag was just a way of, of sort of trying to connect with fans, really. I, You know, like you go on the forums and chat and stuff, but I really wanted to sort of go a little bit further and start making videos and reviews and, and stuff like that and sort of try and engage a bit more with the fans through that. So that's kind of how the Geek's Handbag started, really. So you've, um, you've got a very cool YouTube channel, actually. It's... Um it's not just Doctor Who, it's just kind of general sci-fi stuff that you're interested in. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, I think that's the thing. I, I wasn't sure whether to give it a Doctor who name when I started because I decided I was going to go down the YouTube route because I wanted to do the videos, so like the reviews and the locations. But I was thinking if I gave it a Doctor Who name, I do like a lot of other things like Star Trek and The Prisoner. But I went with Geek's Handbag because I liked the idea of being able to sort of pull a different subject, like literally a limitless of what I could pull out of the bag. So... Uh, I went with something that wasn't sort of Doctor Who orientated. But the thing is, it is pretty much 90% Doctor Who on my channel. <laughs> I, try and, I try and keep it varied, but I, I must admit Doctor Who is probably at the at the heart of it for sure. Yeah, I, I did notice that most of them were Doctor Who, which is not a bad thing. They are. Um, no, that's right. And you've got some really good videos as well. I, I particularly like the uh, the couple where you've gone out to location where they've things like um, the demons. and yeah. What's the last one you put on a few days ago? The, the Android Invasion. Yeah, that yeah, was very I was, cool. Yeah, I must admit, it's one of the... I've been to the location before, East Hagborn, but I've um, always wanted to go back and do a video there because uh, I love the montage of the Tom Baker pictures they got in the pub. It's, it's a really great little village to go to. Um, yeah, so I must admit, I'm particularly pleased that we went back and did a video on the locations there. Yeah, and it seems like um, like the, the makers of Doctor Who back in the day, they had, um, they, they had a bit of a calling for these really nice little English villages. Yeah, like those two in particular that you've picked out, they're really even today. They're just so beautiful. Like the um, the little the little uh, creek that runs around the building. That um, oh. yeah, really nice. Do you know what? Even though I showed it going on and on and on that creek, do you know what? It goes on so much more than what's in that video. You won't believe how long that that little creek is. It's it's an amazing little place, and it's really strange that they decided to film there because it literally is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we've <laughs> been there before and we still struggle to find it. Oh, um, wow. okay. It's it's just a tiny little village in down this road, and yeah, goodness knows how they chose it or why, but I'm glad they did because it's a great little place. And the bench is still there. 
And the bench is still there, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh very cool. cool. Yeah, so I could have sat there all day. Oh, it's, yeah, it looked really nice. So um yeah, so props to you, mate, for going off and finding um finding those locations. It's really cool. Have you got some more coming up or is or is that Yeah, it? yeah, we we did because we've we've really enjoyed it. I mean, um where we what's it called, Devil's End, Oldbourne. Uh, we had a great day there. Um and because the, the demons or demons, however you want to say it, is is a great story. And um, yeah, I think we we we're really enjoying going to the locations. And I, we would like to do the Stones of Blood maybe next. Uh, the Roll Right Stones would be a good one because that's not too far from us. Um, and the other guy that sort of helps me film sometimes uh, from Small Fruit, Fruit Productions, he wants to go to the Zygons, to the Zygons where they film that. And I'm not too sure where it is, but. He's really keen to go down down there and, and do some filming being chased by a plastic dinosaur. So that's something <laughs> else that we've got planned. Yeah. Superb. That's really cool. Yeah. So that is the so your the main thing is the geekshandbag.com. Yes. And the YouTube channel is youtube.com slash is it just the geeks handbag? Just the geeks handbag, cool. yeah. And the, the sort of majority of the chat is on the on the Facebook page because that's the thing. I wanted to interact with with fans and so the Facebook page is a good place for sort of general chat. But yeah, so videos on the website and YouTube and then sort of for the general chat on the geeks handbag dot no, sorry, Facebook.com forward slash geeks handbag. Awesome, awesome stuff. Got the plug in. Got, yeah. yeah, got the plug. Got so, um, yeah. So, thank you, mate, for joining me on this one. It's, uh, oh, it's my good. pleasure. We've got some really good subjects to um, to chew the fat on this week. Yes, we have. Yeah, yeah. Let, yeah. Let, I've got uh, I've got some gloves on, ready to take them off. <laughs> yeah, we've got one <laughs> subject coming up, which is going to be quite interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Before that, let's crack on with the news. Uh, news roundup. So, first bit on the agenda is quite cool. The um, those of you who have been to the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff. Um, would know that I think they've done it at least once before, um, where you can you can pay a bit extra and you can go on this tour around Cardiff and the surrounding area to look at the filming locations. Um, now you on I think on episode three, episode three or four, um, I told you about my experience of when I went to the Doctor Who experience. That sounds weird. Um, so I gave you kind of like a review, if you like, um, of how the day went. Me and the family went there and. Um, and I was kind of in two minds about whether it was what I thought it would be and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think if this bit of it would have been available to me, then I probably would have been more, um, a bit more inclined to give it a better review, if you like. Um, so I think if you, if those guys that have listened to that particular podcast, I was really, really impressed and really, really glad that I went in one respect, but there was a couple of little things that really, um, that didn't quite didn't quite match up to the expectation for me, but I think if this would have would have been available, these um, Doctor Who walking tours, um, then I think that might have been a lot cooler because, although it was a really windy day in Cardiff, um, it would have been really good to get outside and talk to other people and and get around and see some stuff. So, um, have you been to this uh, Doctor Who experience, Adam? No, I haven't. I, I've never been to Cardiff actually, and um, this is something. I mean, obviously, being a big fan of the locations used when I when I saw your link to this, this really appealed to me. I have to admit, I'd, I'd love to go down and do this. Yeah, it's. I didn't go to it when it was in. I'm pretty sure it was in London at first. Yes, it was. I went to it. It was in um, Ills Court, I think. No, not Ills Court. Uh, the Olympia, yeah, and I did go to it, and I kind of, having read your review, understand it was good, but it is a little underwhelming when you come out. I knew exactly what you meant. Oh, cool, yeah. I, I think the one in Car- when they after they moved it to Cardiff, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same kind of 
setup as they had in London. They've just literally moved it to another building and added it. sounded like it from what you wrote down. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So they've just added mm. some extra stuff to it, basically. Um, yeah. I did enjoy it. I did think it was, you know, as a Doctor Who fan, um, I really, really liked it. I, I loved digging into like all of the classic stuff, reading about the props and costumes and, and all that jazz. But I think if you're not, if you're not a really big Doctor Who fan, then you're probably going to be really like, you know, underwhelmed, like you say, a bit underwhelmed by it. But I think the fact that if you're a Doctor Who fan, it kind of brings you in a little bit more and you're a bit more interested in it. But um, yeah. the walking tours, this, uh, this sounds awesome though. It does sound good. It's, this definitely appeals to me. Yeah, I'd love to see the locations because obviously there's so many in Cardiff now since they started there back in 2005. You know, they've obviously utilised a lot of what's there. So it would be good to go and visit them, especially the Blink House, which um, I always thought was private property. So I don't know how close you can get to it, but yeah, it would be cool. Oh, the Blink House. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else is on there? So you've got the, um, the obviously the Wales Millennium Centre, which is like a three-minute walk from the experience. The Torchwood Hub. Are you into Torchwood? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you've got the um, yeah the entrance to the Torchwood and that kind of thing. Um, I think there must be about a dozen places you can go. Um, Ten to fifteen spots, I guess. Um, the American it, Diner sounds quite cool. Where this is where River River Song and Amy and Doctor meet up. That'd be quite cool. Go and have a shake. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Because um, they do use Cardiff quite extensively. Um, yeah. So they're, they're, it's like a gold mine for, for Doctor Who locations. So. I'd love to go to the, the one in um, the 11th hour. You know, the what's, it, what's the name of the village? You know, in Matt Smurt's first episode where he's running through that lovely village and there's the pond and that, that looks quite nice. Is that it, must be Cardiff. Is it Ledworth? Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that must be Cardiff. <laughs> it, it screams like a little village in Wales somewhere just that's outside it, Cardiff, yeah. Um, okay, so that's running from this weekend, actually, from Saturday the 14th of June up until the end of July. So they do it every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And so the 14th to the 20th of July, get yourself over to Cardiff, do the experience. And this part of it will really make it a lot better than just going through um, through the actual experience and then just going home. So if you can do the experience and then go off and see the locations, it's going to be very cool. Uh, next bit of news. This is quite cool, Adam. Um, you know when they released uh, the Day of the Doctor for the 50th last year? Yes. There was that huge um, simulcast or simul, simulcast, um, like a global thing, wasn't there, where they yeah. they broadcast it to... All the cinemas yeah, and everything. Channels, did, networks, cinemas, the whole lot. Just out of interest, where did you watch it? Did you go to cinema or did you watch it at home? I, I, was, bo- I was boring. I watched it at home. You, you didn't want to be interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? I think I just left it too late yeah. to arrange anything. I, was, I, I don't know what I was doing, but I, I remember being really excited about it for months before um, and, and talking about it with friends and stuff and saying, yeah, we should do this, we should do that. But then I thought it was fantastic that to have Doctor in the cinema. I must admit, I, when I first heard about the news, I just you know just thought it's brilliant way to celebrate the fiftieth. You know, to have it like you said go globally and in cinemas and stuff. You know, really sort of put literally put it on the big screen. Great idea. Yeah, absolutely, and brilliant. successful as well. Yeah, so I, I was just at home with with my wife, cup of tea, and that was it. Did you go to the cinema? No, I must admit, I I wanted to. We we had tickets for the um, 50th celebrations at uh, XL. Oh, you cool. know, they had, they had a big celebration there. Yes. Um, 
but because we had tickets for Sunday and it, it started at nine o'clock and I can't get out of bed in the mornings, we booked a hotel uh, the night before. So we actually watched it in the hotel next to XL. Um, it was cool though, because there was all these people dressed as various doctors about an hour before, just like the whole place was swamped with people, you know, of uh, various doctors. And, uh, and I saw a couple of the cast down in the foyer of the um, hotel. And then I went upstairs and watched it. It was a really sort of unique experience. I think the whole 50th, I mean, not, not the hotel, just the whole 50th anniversary is just, uh, you know, amazing time actually. Yeah, really, really cool. It was. Yes. Um, and with the series eight, with series eight upcoming um, mm. later this year, there's going to be. Um, I think this is one of the first um, networks that we'll hear about where they're going to. Um, I'm not sure about this phrase, this uh, simulcast. Um, no, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But this, um, the Fox network based in Germany, um, and this is why I find it weird because the news announcement says that they're going to simulcast series eight with BBC One, yeah. which is great news because the more the more people you have at one time watching it, it's it's just very. It gives it like a united feel, if you like. Um, but the thing is, it's not really a simulcast because they're going to be about an hour behind. <laughs> so um, well, yeah, it's kind of a simulcast. It's going to be, you know, it's a lot quicker than having it the day after, obviously, which a lot of countries have to deal with. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I mean, is that just because of the time zone? I mean, why is it particularly Dave picked Germany? Do you think is it? Is it just because of the time? Um, yeah, probably. Right. Yeah, I would. I would have thought so. Um, and I mean, I see that they're going to. You're going to be able to watch it in a in a dubbed German version if you'd want as well. So that <laughs> that could be interesting to see Peter Capaldi with a German, <laughs> a very angry. I would imagine. I don't know. Depending what it's doctor's like, but can you imagine a very angry German dubbing of Peter Capaldi could be quite yeah. quite interesting. Yeah, especially if he's got, especially if he's feeling a bit Malcolm Tucker that that yeah. particular episode that could be interesting that's, that's right. um yeah so that, that's kind of that's quite cool when i first read that i was like yeah that's um that sounds very very cool and i, I imagine it's going to be the first of a few um countries that will do this i can't imagine it'll be just germany um that will get on board with this because i think the bbc's actual tv network is so broad across many countries now it wouldn't be mm. i'm not i don't think it'd be too difficult to get it out there really relatively quickly to other countries so um, so Germany, you're the first ones to uh, the first ones to get Series Eight after the UK, which is quite cool. So I was just thinking back to when, like the the you know in America when they said the the furore that came out when America got the Paul McGann TV movie before I think it was about a week before the UK or something like that. You know, oh, I don't yeah. think yeah. yeah, I don't think they'd let that you know happen again because. It does sometimes feel a little bit like the show's slipping away from us, I think. You know, because the BBC want to utilise on it, obviously. But, uh, yeah, yeah be, be, be good to, it is good that it's reaching, you know, as many places as possible. Yes, and there is actually an interesting point. You mentioned that about the, um, the Paul McGann movie coming out in the US a bit earlier than here. Yeah. Um, it, that stuff does still happen today. The, um, the, the Mark Gattis... Um, uh, docudrama adventure in space and time that's out now in the u.s on blu-ray but we haven't oh, we haven't got it here have we on blu-ray yet don't don't get me started on it, <laughs> it I, honestly it's one of the biggest bows contention because i i absolutely love that drama it's absolutely amazing and um it's you know like when you watch a good film you think oh i can't wait to get that on blu-ray when it comes out and i remember as soon as it finished thinking i can't wait for that to come out it's just brilliant 
And then, um, yeah, for it not to be released on Blu-ray, it's, it's, oh. And the fact that, yes, they've released it in other countries on Blu-ray, not the UK, it just makes me furious, if I'm honest. Especially as the cut, have you seen the cover to it? It's got, like, the completely wrong TARDIS on it and everything. It does, it just uh, reeks a bit of, um, slackness. It does. The BBC part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was Sorry, see, I, now I've started ranting. I'm going to, I'm going to work. Just take a sip of water and calm down. It, no, it, it's a bone of contention with me. I, I can't understand why it's not on Blu-ray. No, I, I, I echo those thoughts exactly because um, I remember recording it on Sky. So I, I've actually got it in HD, but it's recorded on my Skybox. Um, so I can't obviously do anything with that if I want to, if my Skybox breaks or whatever. I've got no HD version of it anywhere. And I don't want to get it on DVD out of principle, Yeah, which is kind of childish, but... You know. No, no, it's not. I, I was like, I did give in, but I was exactly the same. I did give in and get it on DVD. Um, and then it arrived and it was rattling in the box, which just annoyed me even more. You know, like oh. the disc had come loose in the post and it was all scratched. And I was like, oh, I wish I'd never ordered it. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like you, I thought I'm not going to, I was sort of going to hold off and wait for the Blu-ray. But when it became apparent that it doesn't look like it is coming to Blu-ray at the moment, I, I gave in and bought it. But there, it still could happen. I'm, I'm probably going to get it as a present. That's that's the only time I'll probably get it on DVD. I, I can imagine someone in the family or whatever will be like, yeah, he likes, you know, he hasn't got that on DVD yet, so I'll get that. Well, that's cool, because I think that way you can still enjoy it because you haven't paid for it, but you still got it. So that's, that's the best, yeah. best way. And, yeah. it, it wouldn't, and also, I would have been able to swallow it to an extent if it was region-free. So if, even if it did come out in the US and you could still order it because it would play on, on UK Blu-ray players, that wouldn't be as bad. It would just be a distribution thing rather than a, you know, a, a major decision to not release it in the UK on high def. So I could have yeah. lived with that a little bit more. But the fact that it's just a no-no, there's no Blu-ray version in the UK at all, that yeah, we should stop this, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just to say, yeah, we're in total agreement on this, yeah. Right, so let's move on from that to something which is very cool, which is the really, really funny, um, uh, I don't know what you can call this really, it's comedy this this kind of funny comedy 50th anniversary thing um <laughs> that uh, peter davison put together um yeah which is the five-ish doctors reboot do you think we should call tom call tom why well he might want to join the team tom well you call him then oh no i don't think i should call him it's your brilliant idea oh for heaven's sake i've eaten possums anus on live television couldn't be worse than that i'll call him which you've probably seen online many times um, but it's actually going to be uh, released on DVD uh, later in the year, which is amazing news because I thought this was one of the best things to come out of the 50th celebration last year. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, so did you? were you laughing as much as I was when you, was, when you were going through this? Oh, absolutely. I, I just absolutely loved it. Um, it took me a while to get it, I think because I was up in London for that weekend and, and uh, you know, I had to sort of try and find it because it was on the red button, wasn't it? Uh, That's right. Know, I was trying to yep. find it on uh, YouTube and, and I c- all I could find at the time was sort of quick clips from it. I couldn't find the whole thing. So it's quite frustrating. I didn't get to see it till about two days later and everyone had been talking about it. Um, but yeah, so good. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, because um, Tom Baker obviously has got a bit more of a and a bit more of a part to play in the day of the doctor and <laughs> yeah. the other ones i'm not yeah I'm, I'm, it's a bit of a strange one how they didn't I, I understand why they didn't appear all the other doctors but um the fact that they made this as kind of like a tongue-in-cheek little stab at the 50th you know it's um and they all take it in good spirit as well in good heart and that, that's what i like about it there's no 
there's no bitterness from them. There's no kind of, you know, because I, I, I'm assuming that the BBC wouldn't have released it if that was the case, if it was a proper campaign, you know, hate against Stephen Moffat or anything. But um, That's right. I don't know if he realised, actually, if it was quite such a dig against him at the time, though, do you think? Because they got so many great people to be in it, you know. Um, what's, the, what's the Lord of the Rings guy? He's in it, isn't it? Um, oh, yes. Um, director, I can't think of his name, but yeah, they got some, some great people in it. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't realise whether Moffat realised he was being sent up quite as much as he was in it, but... <laughs> Because he's in it, isn't he? He's Stephen yeah. Moffat's in it, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like um, that's what I mean. It's a bit tongue in cheek, and it's a bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess there's there's probably a, a little part of them that still wanted to appear in the official, you know, Day of the Doctor. Oh, I mean, yeah, because it's such a big part. I mean, it's such a big part of their lives as well, isn't it? I mean, when you're a doctor, it it never really leaves you. Um, it you know, it's just one of those roles, isn't it? If you take it on. It's, it's always going to be a major part of your life. And so it is, I guess, kind Unless of you're like... Chris Eccleston. I, it was in the back of my mind when <laughs> I said that, actually, yeah. But it's kind of like the almost like not being invited to the party. The way. I can understand why. Because somebody recently said about, you know, the Adventure in Space Time when they had cameos yeah. from William Russell, but obviously he was playing a car park attendant. So there's ways they could have been in it. I'm not suggesting they should have been car park contenders, but I don't know. It does kind of feel like it's a mixed bag. I, I agree with you. I can understand why they weren't in it, but it is a bit, I see it a bit like the 50th party that they weren't invited to, if you know what I mean. It's, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure yeah. there must have been a way they could have worked them in somewhere, I think. But yeah, I think it's, um, it's a tough call. It is a tough one because where do you draw the line with nostalgia and looking forward? You know, it's it. It must have been so hard. I mean, there there is a. I think Stephen Moffat comes under fire a lot. Um, it does, but I think just for a second, if you if you just step into his shoes and imagine how much pressure he was under to write that and mm. you know to make it what it was, it's uh, really tough call. Really tough. I, I'm wondering actually how different it would have been if Russell T Davis was was still in charge. I wonder what sort of fifty if he would have given us. I can't help but feeling he would have somehow included them. Yes, I agree. I hadn't thought about that before, actually. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree because he, when he, when he was writing the show or he was overseeing the show, there was, I got the feeling that he was a lot more into um, bringing people into it more often mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of looking back to appreciate what you've got before you look forward. Whereas Stephen Moffat, yeah. to me, was a lot more like, you know, this is where the doctor's at. This is what's going to change, and this is where the show's going to go. And then we'll just include this little pocket of what was before. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, so I hadn't thought about it before actually. Russ, I mean, I think you and I have spoken about this on on Facebook. I think briefly, but I I enjoy watching the Russell T Davis era a little bit more than the the Moffat era. Yeah, I I I, I must admit, I when Moffat took over, I really had high expectations for him because I think his stories were my f- favourites in, in the sort of uh, Eccleston and Tennant era. So I, I really thought he was going to be outstanding and I have been a bit disappointed in the sort of quality of some of the stories under his sort of tenure as a producer, if you know what I mean. I'm, I'm not a Moffat hater at all, but but I can see where areas, you know, where he sort of, I feel taking his eye off the ball a bit. Yeah. Um, I definitely watch, I was, I was saying the other day that I definitely watch a lot more of the David Tennant stories than I do the Matt Smith stories, even though I think I possibly like Matt the best out of the new Doctors, out of Chris, David and Matt. I think Matt's my favourite Doctor, but I don't watch his stories half as much as I do David Tennant's. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I, I really, really like Matt Smith. 
I think, um, especially in his last, it's a shame really because his last season, I think his progression as the Doctor and and he could he could play the Doctor with his eyes shut in his sleep by the yeah. time he got up to Series Seven, um, and it's just a shame that there was more miss episodes than hits in that season. That's right, yeah, um, definitely. Oh, that season. Oh, that word in that series. <laughs> I, just, I, know, I was trying to think earlier what the word is you didn't like. I was thinking it was Huvians, but I think that is one. Yeah. And seasons. And what was the word you said earlier you didn't like as well? The three of them that we shouldn't say but always do. Um, oh, God. It, when we say it, then I'll remember because we're yeah, bound to right. say it at but one I, point. I say seasons all the time as well, and I, I know I hate it. Yeah. I'm always saying it. Tom Baker's third season. I'm like, no, not season. Yeah, because it's not a season, is it? It's a oh, okay. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the yeah. So Matt Smith, I really really like him as a doctor. He's my yeah. You know, although, although I'm a tenant guy, um, he's my doctor for a couple of different reasons. I, I I love Matt Smith. I love watching him as the doctor. Um, it's just a shame that his last seat. Oh God. It's just a shame that his last series as the Doctor, he was, uh, yeah, he was so good, but the script and a couple of the stories were a bit, meh. It just, yeah, underdeveloped is what I would say, because it's like the Ring of Akatana, however you say it. Yeah. It just, there's potential in that script, but it just felt like it needed a couple of more rewrites, you know what I mean? It just didn't. It just fell away when it could have been good, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, and I felt that a lot. I mean, Journey to the Center of the TARDIS is another one. I was really excited about that because I, I love anything to do with the TARDIS and, and especially exploring the inside of the TARDIS. I couldn't wait for that. And I, I think Moffat built it up by saying something like, we're going to see more of the TARDIS than you've ever seen before. You know how he does build these things up. And I was like, oh, I can't wait for it. <laughs> and it was such a letdown, that episode. Yeah, um, and, and like you said, I think, I did speak to, I'm not going to name him, but I did speak to one of the writers. I uh, bumped into him at a quiz, one of the, one of the writers of Doctor Who. Um, and the reason I'm not going to name him is because he said that he had spoken to Stephen Moffat, who was disappointed in the way the second half of Series 7 turned out. Um, you know, I think, and so, although Stephen Moffat comes into a lot for a lot of flack, and some of it slightly deserved, I think, um, you know, he perhaps gets frustrated as well. It's, it, you know, he, can't sort of be responsible for everything, if you know what I mean. No, absolutely. He, he was he was clearly sort of unhappy with the way some of it had turned out, and maybe a lot of that was to do with the pressure of the build up to the fiftieth. I'm sure he had a lot going on. You know, maybe that's why certain stories just didn't quite reach the potential they could have. Maybe. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. It's um, I, I'm the same as you. I'm I'm not a Stephen Moffat hater by any by any means. Um, and and, and sometimes when I am talking to people about Doctor Who and they start dissing. Stephen Moffat, like you say, some of it is justified, but you know he must have one of the most difficult jobs in TV. You know the 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 show is so huge and so popular, and the expectation that goes along with it is so massive. You know he must be under immense pressure all the time. That's um, right, and he probably you know for somebody, although there is a team of people working on Doctor Who, it ultimately falls on his shoulders to make sure it's as good as it can be. And you have to remember that he's a he's a human being. You know, he can't he can't do everything right all the time. So no, he's got um, to make decisions. And we all make decisions that we look back on and think, oh, I wish I'd done that or this. But at the time, you've got to make that decision. You know, so yeah, yeah, it must be tough. And also, I don't know. I mean, it must be we don't know the sort of background of what goes on at the BBC as well. I mean, I think you know he's said a few things recently where he's sort of insinuated that you know he doesn't sort of. Um, He's not always happy with certain things that go on at the BBC. I mean, they they didn't publicise much of the 
second half of the seventh series at all. I don't think there were any sort of, you know, like you used to get sort of spot trailers after EastEnders and things like that mm-hmm. for, for the upcoming episodes. There wasn't any for the second part of Series 7, which seems really odd because, you know, the BBC make a fortune out of Doctor Who. You'd think they'd want to sort of maximise all the potential for it. So, you know, there's things like that that probably frustrate him as well and, and make his job even more difficult. Not, you know, it sounds like I'm really sticking up for Stephen Moffat, but <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just sort of saying, you know, there's, there's, a, there's two sides to it. Yeah. You know? So I think we can safely say we're, you know, we're not Stephen Moffat haters at all, but you know there are there are there are a few a few misses here and there. And whichever producer you get, they always seem to build up a, a legion of haters. I mean, if you look at John Nathan Turner from the eighties, you know they got uh, some major yeah. backlash, and um, and then obviously Russell uh, was criticised for his sort of lighter episodes, and then other people now, you know, say they love him because he brought the series back. So you know, whoever's in charge is always going to get. A certain amount of stick i guess so they, i get you know they probably have to be prepared for it when they take over i guess you know yeah you have to be a strong strong character some thick skin just to to just get on with it and and just believe in yourself i guess and, and do the best you can i'm just thinking can you imagine being offered the job that you sort of think oh do i really want to take on all this pressure i mean oh, yeah. uh, what a what a great job but yeah you've got to be you've got to be prepared for it haven't you absolutely you know? which yeah. makes you think who will take i'm oh, not that moffat is leaving but everyone's saying he's going to leave after after the next series um makes you think you know who who will take over oh who wants I, to take that on their shoulders well yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm, i i haven't even thought about that i thought Stephen moffat was here for another two around he could well yeah. he could well be i mean he he hasn't said anything i think it's just fan speculation they're sort of just assuming that he's run his course but i don't know he doesn't show any signs of uh wanting to give up the rain yet so interestingly talking about that um on my second episode um i did an interview of a guy called neil perryman um, yes and we were talking about his book and so on we got onto the subject of peter capaldi and the new series and um i think he he told me actually on the podcast that uh, Peter Capaldi has only signed on for a very short contract, a one series. Yeah, that's, that's what I hear. Um, yeah. So there is the potential for Capaldi and Moffat to go after this next series. That could yeah. happen. I think so. I wouldn't be at all surprised. A bit like the sort of David and Russell and Julie Gardner all deciding that, you know, that's the end of their era. I wouldn't be at all surprised, um, you know, to get Capaldi into sort of really not bring the show back i mean but after the 50th it's got to you know it's such a big build up to the 50th it's kind of reached a certain height you've got to sort of continue that momentum and i think they're going to really go for it with this promotion and capaldi and then yeah i don't know maybe i wouldn't be at all surprised if they decide to go out on a high yeah yeah i mean well, well we're hoping it's a high i'm hoping it's a high yeah and <laughs> yeah i'd be really um because i'm really looking forward to capaldi as the next doctor yes. so uh, be wouldn't be too happy if he was to disappear after one series, but I hope we'll not. I mean, we'd, yeah, because of course that makes you think of Eccleston. I, it would be, I think a lot of us would be sad to see him go, but yeah, hopefully not. Yeah. You know, so I'm trying not to expect so much from him. That's the, that's the thing. Cause everybody's like, he's going to be amazing. It's going to be really, and I'm really hope it is. It's just trying to keep those expectations. Cause otherwise inevitably, you know, you, you it's not going to live up to it. So it's, I'm trying not to go into it with this, yeah. you know, expectation, but I do, I can't help it. I do think he's going to be a fantastic doctor. And I love some of the scenes of the filming that I've seen so far. It looks uh, really cool. It does look cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, back on point a little bit. The Five-ish Doctors yes. reboot is coming out <laughs> yeah. on DVD. I don't know exactly when. I don't think we've been told yet. But um, This does make me think back to what you're saying about the Blu-ray of, of Adventure of Space and Time, though, because when this was first announced as a rumour, before it was confirmed, there was talk of this 50th anniversary box set, wasn't there, with the Adventure in Space and Time on Blu-ray, the Day of the Doctor on Blu-ray, and this is an extra feature. Now, that rumour's kind of vanished, but then this has been confirmed, so... I hope that's true. I, I as I say, it's, nothing's been confirmed, but be interesting to see where they do fit this, re, you know, this release. Yes. Speaking of, just one last thing on his special features. Um, really gutted they didn't put the BBC Proms this year on the Day yeah. of the Doctor Blu-ray. Yeah. Because uh, that would have been perfect. Because you were there, weren't you? I Didn't was. You go? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I was really looking forward to seeing it in full as well, because um, again, it's something I've got recorded on my on my DVR, but it's just the edited down version. They cut most of it out. They even cut out the, the special 50th song that Murray composed yeah. for the show. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. yeah. Um, um, surely they, they've got to release that, I would assume, somewhere along the line. I, I, I hope so, because that's really, yeah. really good. And the full concert has got some great music as well. So, Well, the other one came out uh, a few years back, didn't it? They saw, again, a cut-down version. They did release... Yes, that was the... From- um, couple of years back yeah they've done it twice already i think on the blu-ray for series for the specials you know the last five episodes that tenant did yes so on that blu-ray there is the proms the first or second one they did and then they released it again on one of the matt smith i think it was the christmas special blu-ray or something. yes that's it yeah. yes it is yeah yeah so but yeah it'd be good to have the you know just to, to see the because i've only heard the song that he composed once you know i don't even know it just seemed to sort of vanish yeah so it would be good to see the full concert yeah yeah because it was a a really good part of the 50th kind of celebration it was amazing you know the whole thing was which is cool so kind of surprised they missed it out but anyways the five-ish doctors reboot that's going to be good it will be good i can't wait to see it again yeah dvd sometime later in the year i'm guessing like october that's when these things come out october november ready for christmas i guess they're not going to, you don't think they're going to just shove it onto the, you know, like they do these sort of slightly vanilla releases. You don't think they're going to sort of release the new series or part one of the new series and have us an extra on that or something? Mm, no. Because the new series is August, isn't it? August, September. Because, you know, they do that, don't they? They release like three episodes and then they do a box set later on. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I think this has been no. drafted as a as a, a unique disc to it, you know. So. I hope you're right. I hope so as well. Otherwise, yeah. the BBC will get in a firm, firm <laughs> email. We'll go and pick it. Where are they now? I don't even know where they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, that wraps up the news. So this episode's TARDIS talk will be, um, this is kind of a, I think this is what sparked um, the the decision to get you on the podcast originally, Adam, was uh, oh, yes. talking about this poll. Um, <laughs> ah, right, yeah. yeah. I'll get my list. Yeah, get your list. Um, so those of you who are subscribed to or have seen um, the latest Doctor Who official magazine um, will we'll already know that their, their, their main feature is the, is the big poll the big Doctor Who uh, vote-off. 
where they essentially put everything up for Doctor Who to the public vote. So you can vote for your favourite episode, your favourite Doctor, your favourite companion, all the rest of it. Um, and we've got some surprising and not so surprising results. Um, I'm not going to go through, well, I don't think we should talk through the entire poll because that will take forever. But um, yeah, so let's talk about the the results in full where you've got every episode. Um, so look at the top 10 and then the overall thing and then the last few episodes in the, at the bottom of the pile. Um, but I'm going to go straight in there and say that the day of the Doctor, I don't think should have been number one. And I'm going to come straight in and say, I agree with you. Are you as agree? Much as I, as, okay. Yeah, as much, as much as I like it, I do like the Day of the Doctor, but when you look at the quality of some of the stories um, that are even in the top 10 with it, it I, I wouldn't have put it at number one, as much as I like it. No, and I was, I was really, I'm not sure about other Who fans and what they felt when they read that, but I was really, really shocked at that. Not shocked in a bad way, like I thought it was, you know, on its own merit, a, a bad story or anything like that, or a bad, a bad um, episode. Because I actually thought it was really good. I, I loved it. But should it be at the number one, you know, the top spot of every single episode ever released? That's a I, yeah. And I think maybe just I think perhaps that's just sort of following on from the buzz of the fiftieth. Um, I think because uh, how often do they do these polls? It's not. Uh, it's every five years or so. I think the last Is one it? was oh, 2009. Right. God, that's scary. It doesn't yeah. seem that long ago I was reading the last one. Yeah. But yeah, you're probably right. But all I was going to say is I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't drop from the f top slot. I, I think it's only there sort of um, following on from the euphoria of the 50th, really. You know? Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying that, you know, it's because um, they first did it in 1998 and then 2009. Um, so it's fairly well spaced out. It does give it does give the show a chance to to go through new episodes and people's views to change on things and stuff like that. Um, but I, I'm in total agreement with you. I think because there was so much buzz coming out of the the 50th year and, and this was such a massively um, widespread episode. What I mean that you know so many people saw it, Doctor Who fans and maybe not Doctor Who fans. Literally, it feels like the whole world. <laughs> saw it at the same time yeah um and then it was released quite quickly onto blu-ray and dvd um and i yeah I, I just think there was a really big buzz around that and i'm i'm gonna stab you know even if they run this poll in a year's time let alone in another five years whatever i reckon that will that will drop down out of the top i don't think it will even be in the top five do you reckon yeah yeah I've, i mean I, I think you're probably right i think I'm it will stay in the top the 10 but I'm pretty sure it will come out of the top five because um, the um, Matt Smith and David Tennant, I think a couple of their other stories will creep up a little bit. And I think other people's perception of Peter Capaldi will sway that as well. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. I also, do you think in terms of sort of repeat viewing as well, I mean, stories like uh, Pyramids of Mars and Robots of Death and that I can watch over and over again and, how do you think there the Doctor sort of compares in terms of sort of rewatching it? Do you think because obviously the first time you watch it, it was like ah, oh, you know, it's really good, and then the second time, do you, do you think it, you know, do you think it's as good? Sort of repeat watching it. Repeat views. Um, yeah. I've, well, I've watched. I think I've watched it about. F I think I've watched it four times. 
three or four mm. times. I watched it on obviously when it was broadcast, and then yeah. I've watched it at least twice. I think on on Blu-ray. Um, so have you watched it in three D? No. Have, right. have you? Yes. Yeah, we did. We did because um, we, we we've got a three D telly. Although we never ever use it, we just got it cheap. And um, so yes, we did. And I think it's the only three D Blu-ray we watched. So we obviously, you know, wanted to have a look at it. Um, yeah, it didn't really enhance my enjoyment any more of it, but but yeah, it was fun to watch. Yeah, okay. Um, in Blu-ray. <laughs> um, so on repeat kind of value, it's... Um, I think the best way to describe it for me is it's there are, there are key parts throughout the story that I really like watching again. Mm. Um, but there are other episodes of Doctor Who where I like watching it from start to finish all the way through again. Yes, yes, I know what you mean. I think that's the best way to describe it. So there were, there were, some, there were some parts of the Day of the Doctor where I felt were a bit, um, a bit slow in places and a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, so like the, some of the conversations between um, the, the Zygons and their human counterparts and stuff like that I thought were a bit... Um, not pointless, but you know, didn't necessarily need to be in there. And um, a couple- yeah, there were there definitely were dips in it. Yeah, um, there, I mean, there's two things that that would have absolutely knocked it up to a to a ten out of ten for me. I because I would probably rate it about eight out of ten, which is to still a good score for me. I think eight is a bit right. But there's two things that would have made it a ten out of ten for me. The first one is if the Paul McGann scene would have started it. If that had kicked off the episode with Paul McGann regenerating into John Hurt and then gone into the story as you had it, would have been, in my view, brilliant. And also, if we'd have seen the full regeneration from um, John Hurt to Eccleston instead of cutting off at that point, because I, I was literally, you know when they say on the edge of your seat, I literally was when he started <laughs> regenerating, oh my goodness, I can't believe, oh. And it was like just like that, like it was a complete letdown. And, and they said at the discussion panel that they did film the whole thing so they could have showed it but they decided to cut it oh. um and for me i just those two things would have really bumped up the episode for me to have mcgann in the 50th um would have been brilliant and to have also just to have seen eccleston for that fleeting glimpse you know just a bit more to actually have seen him in it would have just made it for me because those are the two things i think let it down really yeah no i, I agree with that because the I was really hoping to see Eccleston in the mm. in the day of the Doctor. It would have been, I'm going to confidently say, it would have been a better episode if he was in it. Yes, um, uh, I, yeah, I. It would. I think he's he's such a strong. I really rate Eccleston as a Doctor, and I think he gives a really strong performance. You know, he's he's a good actor, a really good actor, and I think he would have brought something really good to it. Yeah. Um, as much as I enjoyed John Hurt, I really did like John Hurt in it. But I agree with you. I think it would have reached a slightly different level with Eccleston as well. Yeah, I agree. And because I love, you know, I really like um, Caesar. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I have to put a tally chart up on the wall. Every time I say that, I'm going to lob a pound into a jar. Have a have a little um, uh, box where you put a pound in each time. Then you then you can spend that on Doc Two toys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a good idea! It. Yeah, yeah. Do that. Have a what, what was it? A merchandise box. Yes. What a cracking idea. Yeah. I can do that. Right. So um, I, I do get good ideas once a <laughs> year. <laughs> um, I I really really like series one. Um, if it's a rainy day and I want to put some Doctor Who on, um, 
I surprised myself actually how frequently I could pick up series one. Um, yes, because I really like Chris Eccleston. For some reason, he gets a lot of a lot of criticism, and I think that's more to do with his lack of um, of anything to do with the show after he after he left. Um, but his performance actually in the show, because he's got a slightly darker side to him, which I quite like. Yeah, and uh, you know, I just love his sense of humour in it, and his and his his quick. He's kind of quick, um, these kind of really fast quips that he has and these kind of humorous moments where it doesn't call for it at all. Um, I, d- I just really like that. I, I think he's, I have to admit, he's, he's, a, he's a brilliant doctor, actually. Um, he, as soon as he came back as the doctor, I, I don't know, he was, my, I sound silly now because he's not my favorite, but I really, really enjoyed him his performance as the doctor. Um, there's something about Eccleston. I, I think is quite unusual. And like you said, he's got that sort of quirkiness to him. I, I do think he's a great doctor. It would have been interesting if he'd done a little bit more. And he's, he's got some really good stories in his, you know, in his one year as the doctor, there's a couple in there that aren't so good, obviously, but yeah, I, I do rate him very highly. Yeah. It's, as the doctor. Yeah. And it's interesting that, um, he doesn't actually appear in the list. Let's get back to the list a little bit. Um, so, we're, so we're both in agreement, really, that Day of the Doctor, although it's really, really cool and great, I would give it probably an 8 out of 10 as well myself. Um, yeah. It probably... It's, I feel bad saying that. It doesn't deserve to I be... I know, a, I did. It's when I said it as well. I did, <laughs> you know, but it's, um, I have to be honest. Yeah, yeah I, I feel bad saying that it doesn't deserve to be at number one because in some respects it probably deserve, it, you know, it does deserve to be there. But... I don't know. I just feel that it should be. I, I, I think if it was released, you know, when they run this poll again in however four or five years time, it'll be a different story. But um, so maybe for the, for this for this poll, maybe it does. So I don't know. Maybe I relent a little bit and say for for the timing of the poll, maybe it deserves to be there. But yeah, over, overall, it, for me, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so if we look at the list a little bit in the top ten, number two is Blink. Uh, hmm. Yeah, one of those um, Doctor See, Light I'm, episodes that we were talking you, about with. Yep. You really like this one, don't you? Am I right in thinking that you really like Blink? I really like Blink. Yeah. I like it, um, but I don't quite get the massive fuss around it. I I do think it's a good story. Um, I think I need to give it a rewatch. I haven't watched it for a long time, but I I, I never quite get. There, there's two episodes that spring to mind. Blink and the, the Doctor's Wife are two stories that people really seem to rave about, which I've always found good, but never understood the fuss on. Um, yeah, okay. Um, I kind of yeah, because I like I really like Blink. I, I, it's one of my favourite um, uh, Tenant era episodes. But yeah. again, I don't think it need. I don't think it should be up that high. You don't. All right. Okay. No. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Because where, where would you put it? Um, I don't know. I'd probably put it in around number ten somewhere. Oh right. Oh gosh. What are you going to say about number five or so? But you, you, oh right. Okay. No, because like I said, it's in my opinion there are at least two other Tenant Era episodes that are better than Blink. Um, Which ones? Well, there's an episode called uh, Midnight. Yes. Yes. Um, and the reason why I love Midnight is, um, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before, is um, it doesn't. It doesn't rely on big sets and special effects. It's a really contained story, which is all about just the acting. You know, it's a really confined little 
story and it's fascinating to watch I, I love that episode interesting actually at midnight is that the first time i watched it you know i thought it was awful i really didn't enjoy oh, really? it and i didn't watch it for a long long time afterwards and then um i was trying to get my partner into doctor who uh, the new series and, and succeeding surprisingly and we kind of we were watching them all out of order and i got to i wasn't midnight sort of didn't spring to one like what to particularly put on so we watched a lot of other ones first and then we sort of got round to it and i said oh, i'll watch midnight and i absolutely loved it and i couldn't quite work out what was different from the first time i watched it but i really enjoyed it and it, it it's massively gone up in my opinion um i do i think it's, i agree with you it's a great claustrophobic story um yeah it's it's good i, I don't know i just the first time i watched it i just seemed to remember getting annoyed with all the people screaming and shouting at each other and it <laughs> kind of remind kind of reminded me at the time of a sort of episode of coronation street or something i was just like oh what is this this isn't doctor who but second time I watched it, I don't know, I just saw it with different eyes and I, I really do rate it as a good story. Oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, so I, I love Midnight. I think it's a really good story. Uh, the other one, which I consider to be slightly better than Blink, is uh, The Waters of Mars. Yes, very good story. Um, which leads on to a second story, doesn't it? Or No, sorry, it's just that one story, sorry. Yeah, so The Waters of Mars and Midnight, I would consider to be um, slightly better than Blink. Like I said, I really like Blink. It's one of my favourite Tenant episodes, mm. but I think there are a couple of better ones there that could have been picked. So, Waters of Mars is brilliant. I mean, that, that scene where he's walking away and sort of realises he thinks, I'm the, I'm the last of the Time Lords. What do I, who am I answering to? It's just a phenomenal, and he just turns back around. It's a great story, Waters of Mars. Yeah, really good. Um, so, they, so the top two in the list, so they have the Doctor and Blink, mm. that did surprise me. And... I can't explain. I can we we can kind of explain the day of the doctor because of the the timing of the poll I think is a big influence on on the result. But blink, I can't really I can't really put my finger on why it's so high because it's one of those Doctor Light episodes where mm. he's only in it for I don't know ten minutes in, yeah. in drips and drabs, and um, and even you know if you discount the bit at the end. Um, where he's with Martha, and then that bit in the middle where um, he's talking about um, who, who, who's the guy in it who's, who ends up in a hospital bed at the end. and um, Oh, yeah, I can't remember. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so those two bits aside, he's not really in it, apart from on the TV screen. So the only thing that I can put my finger on is the Weeping Angels. And they're really, really popular um, in kind of modern Doctor Who. It's like I think loads of people vote it as one of their favourite favorite monsters, if you like. So that I think that's the only thing that people can really get into it is that was was it the first episode to feature the Weeping Angels? Yes, it was, yes, it? it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So at the time, that probably had a big impact on people because they are quite creepy to look at, and, and you know, and it's a, or not look at as the case with people. Oh yeah, nice, <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> but is it, you're right. It's it, it's a wonderful concept with them. The fact that if you blink, they can move within us. It's, it's a fantastic idea, and I I think perhaps that's why. One of the reasons people love it because it is—it's a great um, enemy to be scared of. You know, the fact that if you blink for a second, they could be right in front of your face. It's a—you know—it's a good idea. It's a good concept. Yeah, it's very cool, and um, I, I'm guessing that's the—that's the main driver for that one at number two. Yeah. Um, let's whiz down the list. Then number three, Genesis of the Daleks, uh, deserved. Yes, a great story. Yep, Caves of Androzani, number four, deserved. Very good. Uh, City of Death, number five. Haven't seen that yet. 
wonderful. I've just literally, <laughs> I've just literally got it on DVD on oh, I Wednesday. It's a good, it's a good fun one. That I gotta say, it's a, it's a great story. It's a quite a light-hearted one, but uh, yeah, good story. Uh, number six, the talons of Wang Chiang. Love that. Mm-hmm. Good story. Yeah. Um, number seven, the empty child. The doctor dances. I really like those. Brilliant one. I'm glad that Chris uh, yeah. Eccleston made a top ten there. Uh, yes. Pyramids of Mars, number eight, one of my faves. Good story. Yep, number nine, Human Nature, The Family of Blood. That's I a, like that That's as a well. good tenant one. Yes, that is, so, yeah. It's a really good one. And uh, number 10, Remembrance of the Daleks. Oh, uh, yes, great story. We're going to come on to that in a little while, actually. <laughs> I know. The I'll, keep, I'll keep my lips buttoned for a minute. Lips are sealed for time Lips being. are sealed, yeah. So that's a top 10. I, I mm. actually think as a top 10, that's got... I, I do actually agree with the majority of what's there. Um, some of the best reviewed and likable, you know, episodes ever. Um, I'm just quite surprised that there's two really modern, um, not really kind of earned their stripes, if you like, in terms of years um, mm. to be top in the poll. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, I'd, I'd I don't like those episodes. They're cool. I don't want to be too, too grumpy, grumpy negative about it. But um, it's, it's an interesting one. Interesting top ten. Uh, is there anything else across the whole board? Because obviously it goes up to two hundred and forty, or two hundred and forty-one. Is there anything on here that you were surprised about, or any episodes that you wanted to see higher, or any that you wanted to dip out? I mean, I, I'm surprised to see Power of the Daleks in you know number nineteen there. Not because it's not a good story, because it is, but just because it doesn't exist. So people, I assume, are judging that on the on the audio of it. Um, but so I'm surprised to see that so high. Uh, not not disappointed it's so high, but surprised it's there just because it's you know only available on audio. So is that a trap? Yeah, yeah, it's his very first one. Yeah. Uh, Parallel Darts. Yes, yeah, his very first one, and um, obviously, sadly, doesn't exist. So yeah, there is an audio CD, CD of the soundtrack. Um, and the telly snaps, obviously, but yeah, that's why I'm surprised it's so high because it's it's you know you can't sort of fully enjoy it. So it must be you know it is a good story. Um, okay. Inferno is one of my all time favourites. That's number eighteen. Um, yeah, would like awesome. to send that a little bit higher. Yeah. Zygons actually is number fourteen. Now that I think should be in the top five. Really? Personally, yeah, I think Terra Zygons is um, possibly one of my all time favourites. Well, it is. It's one of my all-time favorite stories. It's a, it's a great story. That I'm surprised that's not in the top ten. I'd put it in my top five. That's another one that I've literally just got delivered. So I'll be watching that. It's brilliant. Really soon. Really good. One, one that, um, one that I thought should have been higher. Is um, turn left. Yes. Which is a, where is that? Yeah, that's uh, 30, thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Yeah, I love that. that I, is, yeah. It's a great story. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it again the other day. I think I've, I don't know, several times watching that season through. Oh, my God. I, lo- I, lo- I love the throwback to the, in the Planet of the Spiders. Um, yes, that was very cool. Yeah, no, it's a really good one, Turn Left. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that a Russell T. Davis story? I've forgotten now. It is. Over t- yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's very good. Yeah, really good. And if you go further down the list, there's... It's, it's kind of predictable as you get further down the list actually there aren't many towards the bottom half that you wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised they were there on the bottom half I'm just turning the page what on the the, the lower ranking ones yeah so from say mm. 110 downwards 
as you skim, as you skim through it, there's you know there's not a lot in there that you would bump up. You know, certainly not into the top twenty five or whatever. No, um, I think probably the only couple that would. Hmm, uh, no, there isn't. Um, no, because most of these are. I mean, even if they're sort of likable enough stories, there's all you know. There is sort of um, things about them that yeah don't don't push them into the sort of higher ranking of the of the spectrum here. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the very bottom ones as well, and you know, I would pretty agree with a lot of these. I mean, there are stories in the bottom that I like, but you know, I have to agree that they're not very good. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I was trying to explain this to some of the guys uh, the weekend actually because I Time of the Rani is third from the bottom um, and I like that I've always enjoyed it but it's a terrible story so I always say there is a difference you can like something and acknowledge it's not very good I, I like it for nostalgic reasons because as a kid I just found it really fun so I put it on now and it just you know I still find it fun but it doesn't mean I think it's in any way good, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And yeah, so I can appreciate it does belong at the bottom. Yeah, and I think it's important to note also that, you know, there isn't any Doctor Who episode that is that I would consider bad. And, and I mean that with love. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean that in, in a way that, you know, there isn't a single episode that would be, that I would consider to be terrible TV or, you know, a, a complete train wreck i think you know there are a lot weaker episodes out there and this poll obviously reflects that and my own opinion as well is you know there's a lot of episodes that i don't watch as much as others but i don't think any doctor who episode is particularly you know you would if you would like throw your dvds out after a few years it's not like that bad but no, and I think there's something in every story that you could take away from it. There, I think that's the, you're absolutely right. There's no no story where you there isn't something you like about it, even if it's perhaps not one of your favourites. I mean, I can't think of any apart from what I always get the title mixed up. The only one, and again, I probably need to rewatch it, is the Tenant one, Planet of the Dead, is it? With the bus. Planet um, of the Dead. You, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always get it mixed up with another title. That's the only story that I just really don't enjoy. Um, but I again, perhaps I need to give it another watch. I haven't watched it for a while. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. There's, there's very little that I watch and just would think to myself as soon as I've finished it, oh, I'll never be watching that again. You know, even stuff like Time Lash, which <laughs> I've revisited <laughs> recently to see if it's any better. Because that's what I've been doing. I've been rewatching stories that perhaps I don't remember thinking of that good to see if they're better. And sometimes they are. Yeah. Um, like the Silurians was much better than I remember. And sometimes Time Lash, they're not. But they've always got something in them I like. Yeah, it's the same with, for me, it's, um, I rewatched recently um, Time Flight. Oh, my goodness. What do you think of that? You know, and that was, you know, bad. on first... Well, not bad, but it's hard going, isn't it? Yeah, it is hard going. On, on the first viewing, I did come away thinking, you know, that wasn't, you know, certainly wasn't one of Davison's best, but... You know, but again, it's one of those things where, although I didn't like or I didn't enjoy the story too much, and you know, it, you know, I wanted to jump out of a window after, you know, <laughs> a certain certain length through it. I did really like Peter Davison in it. Yeah. Um, so there's always something, like you say, there's there's something within each episode that even if they're not the strongest, you can still take something away from it that was pretty cool. Yes. Um, so before we before we move on, the um, what do you think of the poll for the favorite Doctor? Oh, what? hang on. Where's that? I haven't got keep favorite going, doctor. Keep going. Uh, 68. See, I haven't had that. I, I keep saying I want to sit out in this beautiful sunshine and read this magazine, but I haven't. Uh, 
Here we go. Well, Tom Tom Baker is my favourite Doctor. I have to say, he's your fave. Whatever out of everything. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I've yeah, my favourite Doctor does change a lot because it's because <laughs> it's like the Pertwee era. Um, I've just started rewatching a lot of that, and John Pertwee's Doctor was never one of my favourites, but he's really gone up in my opinion recently. Um, I'm enjoying his Doctor a lot more than I thought, but I think Tom Baker is my favourite. Um, I'm just looking down the list. John Hurt last. Well, I suppose he, that's mainly because he's not. He's only done the one, isn't he? Yeah, true. Um, surprising to see. I mean, I like Sylvester, but surprising to see him above Chris or William or even Paul because Paul's a popular Doctor, even though he's only done you know the one story and the and the mini episode. So surprising that he's that low, really. Who would who would you who would you put at the top? Not Tennant. Tell me you wouldn't put Tennant <laughs> above Tom. Um, I would not put Tennant above Tom. <laughs> I would put Tennant second. Okay, um, that's fair. I'll enough. probably talk on another podcast about why uh, Tennant is my doctor, quote unquote. But um, yeah, I love Tom Baker. He's he's brilliant. Out of all the classic DVDs that I've got, I've probably got more of his than the other classic doctors. Um, yeah, I do love him. There is there there are two two things on here that I was I was quite surprised at. Uh, same as you, which is Paul McGann. I would have thought he would have been a bit higher, mm. um, purely because the um, the mini episode that they did for the 50th was amazing and that seemed to just spark a huge um comeback for his for his doctor oh definitely and also all of the big finish stuff that he does is brilliant yes really really good um, yeah and he's really really popular for the, the audio stuff so i'd have thought he would have been a little bit higher yeah. um and i was expecting to see um uh matt smith oh well i thought i was going to see matt smith at the top um well, actually, I'm surprised that, that Matt's above David, uh, not because of my opinion, because personally I like Matt better, but I always get the impression that David's a much more popular doctor still mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, a bit like, you know, you're saying about the Abbott Hall when they do that that bit of music where they go through all the doctors on the screen. And whenever I've seen it, and I was at the first um, Albert Hall concert that they did, by far David got the biggest cheer. Um, yeah. And again, when I saw it, went to see it a couple of years later, he still got the biggest cheer. And I, he always seems that he's got a very loyal Doctor Who fan base, David Tennant. Um, so I'm slightly surprised that Matt's higher than him. But in a way, I'm pleased because I do think Matt's a great Doctor. Yes, he is a good Doctor. And I thought, um, you know, I thought that he was going to be number one before I saw the list. So I'm really glad that Tom Baker's number one. That's very much deserved. Uh, the only other one thing that I would probably have swapped around or I was expecting to see is Peter Davison above Pertwee, but um, but like you say, Pertwee's. Uh, I'm I'm certainly watching a bit more of his stuff now, and uh, he's awesome, really good doctor. He is, he is actually, yeah, he's he is a great doctor. I'm I'm really enjoying getting into the Pertwee era. Yeah, and there's some it's a really good issue actually this month. Um, this poll has has opened my eyes a lot to uh, the public's perception of Doctor Who and episodes and companions and doctors and all that jazz so um yeah which is the doctor you've sort of know least out of these have you watched many colin um i've watched a few i've got a few of his um stories i'd probably say him and um hartnell would be the two doctors that i yeah i watched the least not because of any feeling that i don't like them or anything like that it's just that i just haven't got around to watching their stuff yet no, um, no. well 
there are a lot more classic DVDs that I want to watch before I get round to theirs. No, and I think, I think you're, you're right to do that, actually, because I think they are the hardest, probably the ba- Colin Baker and William Handel and possibly Sylvester McCoy are probably the hardest eras to get into. So I think, yeah, you're better off starting with a bit more classic Tom and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, just to finish off, then I've got a couple of people who jumped on Facebook re- recently um, uh, to say what they thought about this. Um, a guy called Adam Charlton. Who's that? Oh, he's a right old rogue. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't listen to his opinion. Yeah, you said that um, <laughs> Terror of the Zygons or Seeds of Doom. Oh yeah, Seeds of Doom. What a cracker! Now, where, did that, where did that come on the list? Because oh, I'd forgotten about put that. The magazine that down a, now. Hold on. No, I've still got it. Right. It's uh, tw- oh, it's number twenty. Seeds of Doom oh, um, is brilliant, and I think I know you've just got Zygons, and um, I don't want to big it up too much because uh, I don't want you to be disappointed, but. I think Zygons is just brilliant. Those those two are great. Okay. Oh well, I'm going to watch it. Caesar Doom is brilliant. I've got that awesome, oh, yes. awesome story. That's a location I want to go to. <laughs> I, I've I've been there the, the years Arctic. ago. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the Arctic. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do a live I'll do a live uh, podcast in the Arctic. No, no, what is it? The the, the Manor House. I've forgotten what it's called. Yeah, where um, is that? It's um, gosh, I've completely gone blank. Somewhere. But it's also in the film Sleuth, you know, the Michael Caine film. Oh, okay. It's the same place they filmed that. And they had all this Sleuth memorabilia there and no Doctor Who. I was rather disappointed. But right. yeah, I can't remember the place. Sorry, but it's a, it's a great place. I'll have to go back. Okay. It's miles away, though. Miles away. <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, Tom Dix. Um, oh, that rogue. That rogue. Um, <laughs> you chirped up uh, to say that while you, um, while you didn't agree after reading the article... Um, uh, you, you did agree because um, Dave the Doctor did exactly what it was meant to do, which is look back over 50 years while at the same time looking forward. Um, so, yeah, that was your opinion. So I, I kind of get that. That's what we were saying earlier. It's um, it kind of, it, it did what it needed to do at the time. And that's why the, the big buzz around it probably sent it, you know, to number one. Um, Jeff Waddle. You know, sorry. No, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, it's interesting as well because Tom's obviously, um, he, he's really into his Doctor and I didn't mean to call him a rogue. He's actually a really nice chap. Um, <laughs> and it's, I think it probably, Day Doctor, would appeal differently to perhaps somebody who's a, a sort of more of a New Who fan than a classic fan as well because it's interesting. He says it did everything it needed to for the 50th because I think a lot of people that have come into the series from 2005 probably feel that it, it celebrated the 50 years of the show. But as a classic fan, it didn't reach the heights of celebrating 50 years so True. it's interesting that he thinks that it, it did yeah and he did follow up actually to say that he didn't agree that blink should be number two um he said he didn't like blink very much um but he understands it was revolutionary at the time in terms of how um it changed uh scary you know in doctor who um and he said he would put caves of androzani at number two instead which oh, is right, not a bad okay. point yeah yeah love, no, love caves really good um and then lastly, Jeff Waddle, um, uh, he would have put something from the Hinchcliffe era there. So um, he would have put Seeds of Doom, Talons of Wing Chang, or Pyramids of Mars in at number one. He says it's maybe an age thing, but he, he thinks that that's when Doctor Who was at its best. Spot on, Jeff. Nice one, Jeff. Um, so I'm, I can't argue with any of those, really. That's, uh, that's on point. So thank you very much for, for replying to that on Facebook. Much appreciated. Uh, and I think that's going to wrap up the poll. This episode's classic retrospective, um, we're going to look at a Sylvester McCoy um, uh, episode for this one, and this is going to be Remembrance of the Daleks.
So, Adam, we've got an interesting, uh, interesting discussion on this one. Yeah, I think so. Yes, because um, before, because what happens is normally when I pick an episode to to, to go through on these retrospectives, um, it's normally a case of I, I try and watch something that, um, well, first of all, that I haven't seen yet. I don't just want to rewatch something to to talk about it. I want to watch something fresh and new because. Um, I, I, I haven't, I, you know, I admit I haven't seen a vast majority of the classic Who stuff. I probably own about uh, 25 DVDs, I guess, 20 to 25 classic DVDs. So I've got a long way to go before I see all of them. So I do try and watch something, you know, it's new and fresh. And the reason why I watch this one is because um, I saw um, something that you put on Facebook or Twitter about this. Um, I can't remember what it is that you 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 wrote now. I'm, I I don't want to go diving through Facebook again, but um, do you remember? Well, it's what one you said? of my one of my favourite stories. I mean, it's it's difficult because it's a bit like picking a favourite doctor. My my opinions change all the time. But like what I was saying about midnight. But I do think Remembrance is a is a great story. Um, I just was wondering, is it the first McCoy story you've watched? It is and it isn't. Oh. <laughs> That sounds very timey-wimey. Timey-wimey. It is actually timey-wimey. Um, I'm going to say it isn't because when I was a wee lad, I remember Doctor Who being watched um, in, in my house by a couple of people. So I I do remember watching or I remember snippets of, of Sylvester McCoy. Yeah. But I can't really attribute that to me properly watching it because you know I didn't know what Doctor Who was about at the time. I was only a wee child. So... I'm going to say yes. I've watched it before, but not really. But in terms of me watching it as a as a proper human, as a grown up, um, yes, this was my first my first outing with with McCoy. Mm. I'd see, I see. I I do really rate it as a story. I I was quite surprised that um, you didn't like it as much as you didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and I, I was just looking in the poll as well because it's it's. I mean, it is it is a fan favorite. The McCoy era is a difficult one because obviously like it comes in for a lot of stick and a, and a lot of that is valid. Um, but it's, I mean, I'm, I, as much as I love it, I'm surprised it's number two in the 1980s poll in the magazine, but I'm kind of pleased. I do think it's a good story. Um, and I, I'm wondering what you're going to make of the rest of the McCoy era because I think I'm pretty on safe ground by saying this is one of the best. <laughs> so so okay. I don't know what you, I don't know what you're going to make of um, Paradise Towers and things like that. Um, yeah, okay. I don't know. But what, but what is it about it that you you really didn't like? Um, all right, well, give us give us the setup of the story first, because on these I normally go through. All right, yeah. yeah. So tell 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 me and 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 the listeners what what this is about. Oh no, you, you you do it. I'm I'm rubbish when it comes to these. So I'll I'll just make less sense than the actual story itself if I try and explain it. <laughs> right, okay. I'm going to take a stab at I'll, this one. So yeah, I'll leave it to you. Right. So the the Doctor and Ace, um, they are essentially looking into um, two Dalek factions who are after the Hand of Omega. Yeah. Is that right? So the there's it's not unit, is it? It's a different no, no, it's not unit. So it's like um, the the mere mortals on Earth are. It's like a military operation to um, to you know gather evidence and you know what's happening about um, something that's happening in this high school. Is it high school? Yes. Yep. And there's a transmat way, way down in the basement where um, these these Daleks are 
um, appearing on Earth, and they're after the Hand of Omega, which is this... Um, well, the Doctor knows exactly what it is, and it is a... It, well, it's basically something he's left. He's he's left it there many many years ago, back in 1963. So they're sort of trying to tie it back up because um, this is sort of around uh, an anniversary for the show as well. So the producer wanted to try and have lots of nice sort of tie-ins to the you know to the anniversary of the show. So he wanted Daleks in the series. I nearly said season series. <laughs> and he wanted Simon in the series, and he and obviously there's the the bit where the, you know the fact they've gone back to 1963 and the They've gone back to Totter's Yard. That's and right. um, yeah. actually, it does remind me a bit of what you were saying about the attack of the Cybermen as well. Like, at least they actually had a proper gate this time rather than just a flint slate on the wall saying, because <laughs> yeah. even I was like, is that Mena B? Tot, what's going on? Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, the doctor goes back to, you know, to do this. And, and the thing I like about it is he kind of knows what's going on. It's almost as if it's his big plan from the beginning. Um, and I liked the, the idea of the two Dalek fractions fighting. Yeah. Um, uh, and there's a sort of undercurrent of a sort of a, a very, very subtle, um, but not for the time, I suppose. There's a sort of racial theme there about the differences between the Daleks. And obviously that ties in with the landlady, with the sign. And there's lots of nice little details in there. And yeah, um, I don't know, for me, it, it, I think it's a good story. I guess it's a product of the time. I mean, 80s Doctor Who towards the end, you know, had a had a minimal budget. Not that I'm trying to make excuses for it, but I think they did a really good job with the resources they had. Um, and I just find it really enjoyable. Uh, I think McCoy's just sort of loving being in the role by this point. I think he's sort of totally found his feet as the Doctor. Um, I like the chemistry between him and Ace. Um, yeah, I, I just find it a really good story. Okay. Um because you, you said the acting was terrible, didn't you? Which uh, su- sort of surprised me. I mean, a lot of the acting in the McCoy era could be described as perhaps a bit pantomime. But I think in this one, people are pretty much taking it seriously. And and I wouldn't have said the acting was terrible. But What I meant by that, it's a tricky one for me because I really like Sylvester McCoy as, a, as an actor. Um, you know, but I think in Doctor Who... Um, it's going to be really hard for me to explain this. I think in Doctor Who, he, can't, he always comes across to me as a bit of a, you know, like he's trying, like it's a bit forced, like it's a little bit, um, like he like he knows, obviously he's an, a very experienced actor at this point. Um, and you think he's trying to be a bit too eccentric? Yeah, that's, yeah, I think sometimes he just tries a bit too hard. And I think that rubs off rubs off on the companions and the other cast, and I think they all try and they all try and get into it too much, and it's a bit OTT. And I think, yeah, I, I can't judge too much because um, Sylvester McCoy is probably the least Doctor that I've seen. And I think it might be interesting actually when you, because I know you're sort of not watching the stories in a particular order, but maybe when you come to the McCoy because there's only four stories in each series of his I think um yeah I think there's only four stories in each series it might be worth just watching his in order um just because they not that there's a sort of not that there's a sort of um what's the word running arc or anything but he does progress I mean he starts off really kind of pantomime and almost as if you know he doesn't really know what he's doing and stuff and then 
he gradually gets darker and darker and him and Ace become quite a good team. Um, I don't know. It might be worth just watching them in order just to see if that helps. Because I, I honestly don't think mm-hmm. you're going to enjoy them if you didn't like this. Because believe me, this is by far the best. <laughs> the, the, the other ones, the other ones are just. I, I like all the McCoy era, apart from one story. I cannot get into Battlefield. That is just one story I cannot get into. But I like all the McCoy era, even the ones that aren't particularly liked. Like I even like Paradise Towers, which gets. Slade, but I think I don't know. It, it I think there is a prog- progression with the McCoy era. It does start off on really dodgy ground with Time of the Rani, um, and then Andrew Cartmel comes in towards the end of his series, the script editor, and things start to f- take a bit of a turn, and they start to take the show more seriously again. And and um, they were sort of finding their way back to being much more like the sort of classic series by the end of survival when it was act. So I don't know. I'm obviously up to you, but I I would recommend perhaps watching his era in order, maybe, or not necessarily all in one go, but don't know, just see how he progresses as a doctor. Cause I think there's a slight build up to this, which might've helped. Um, So you think, um, yeah. So I kind of jumped in with both feet. (laughs) Well, no, I, I, I'm still, no, I, I think, I think it's a story that could be enjoyed even if you haven't seen any McCoy stories. I just sort of trying to find a reason why you didn't really didn't like it. Cause I, even if you thought it wasn't that good, I would have still thought you would have found it a good story, but there's obviously something there that just didn't. I mean, did you find it a hard slog to watch that? Did you really not get into it at all? No, I'm not saying no. Let, no. Okay. So here, here's what I did like about it. Okay. Um, I really, I'd really like the story. Yes, the story part of it was awesome. Um, the the thing about the two the two factions of Daleks is genius. Love that. I liked the 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 way that I think you said it a minute ago, where the Doctor's got this this confidence about his this plan. It's almost like he's got a master plan, like you said. Yeah, he, he knows exactly what is going on, and he's he's a bit of a. He he kind of lets the story play out, but he's he knows he knows the outcome. He's quite confident in in what's going to happen. I like that about him. Uh, I liked the um, the the little touches that they put in about uh, well the the time period. I, I think the little touches that they put in, like the, there's a scene where there's a guy um, he's gone to get a cup of tea in a cafe. And yeah. he has a he has a very a very small chat with the guy who's working there. And I think it's about um, do you want the sugar cane. in your tea? That's you it. Know, th- Ripples in the water. Yeah. So I really yeah. enjoyed those. It's a l- yeah. It's a lovely scene. Sorry. It yeah. is. Yeah. So I I really enjoyed those those. There's like two or three little moments like that, and there's a conversation that he's having with Ace as well. And I I I really like those parts of it. That, that aspect was really good. What I didn't like so much about it was. First of all, like I said, the 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 acting just didn't hit a chord with me, and and I'm not saying that about McCoy so much, even though I do think that he he does kind of push it a bit too much at times, and he's a he tries to come across as zany and quirky, and you know a lot of rolling of his R's all the time, and you know that 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 sort of stuff I can deal with, but it it's when that has an effect on the other cast members, and I, I, do you know what it is? I think. You know, do do you like Ace as a companion? Yes, yes, I do. I think I think she's a really good companion, but I think her 
the the acting there just stops it to a point for me. Um, I, I find her to be really, I find her to be a real scripted actor. I don't know if, if you know what I mean by that, but. No, I think I do. Yeah. I mean, she was, yeah, I do know what you mean. She, Sophie Aldred was very inexperienced actress when she came on the show, actually. But yeah, I do know what you mean. Um, again, I think she finds her feet a bit, um, especially in the next Sylvester series, because they'd start to sort of really delve into the backstory of Ace a little bit. And um yeah, but I do know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. but I, I do like Ace, and that, and that for me, then I noticed that about the other actors as well. So I found it to be quite because if you look at a lot of other episodes, not just the classic stuff, but um, the 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 episodes where the the dialogue and the acting and the script work really well is when it all flows nicely together. And when yeah. we were talking about Midnight earlier, that's one of those examples where even if it's just a bunch of guys you know in a very claustrophobic area and they've got you know the story is nothing but their dialogue and their acting that works really well for me because they're all they're all quite it's quite well done but for me this one it's I don't know I found it to be very it's almost like in my head I was as I was watching it I could hear the director saying right cut next one bit of script cut next one bit of script cut do you know what I mean yeah I, I yeah. found it to be a bit choppy and very scripted and not very emotional at times I found the actors to not really give off a lot of emotion I think the guy that worked in the cafe was the best one for me because the, <laughs> he was very he was so natural and he was very you know did exactly what he needs to be but the like the military guys and uh, who, who was the guy that was Sergeant Major Gilroy um yeah him and there was another was it simon williams i think so yeah and there was there was another guy as well who was uh running some shifty outfit out of a oh i know who you mean um he was the, in the yeah. bill wasn't he later you know yes i always think of him as being in the jasper carrot comedy um, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, i can't think of his name but yes i think radcliffe is the character name but That's i can't right. think of his can't think of his real name yeah so yeah. Uh, it, it was him you know it's that those those guys there as well when they revealed that it was the girl in the chair, I mean, everyone thought it was Davros, but when they revealed the girl in the chair, did you groan or were you surprised? Mm. <laughs> or had you switched off by that? No, point? I hadn't switched off at all. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I must admit, I did think it was Davros. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess that's what they wanted people to think. Yeah, yeah I did. You know, I'm, I don't know if that was, I don't know if that puts my Doctor Who, you know, points you know throws a few out the window but i did think it was davros yeah no um, i think that that was the intention i mean i did at the time i thought oh, it's davros and yeah so that was quite a cool then, that was quite a cool twist and then um, he appears in the big egg at the end yeah no that was cool that's what i did like did you, you liked that yeah. yeah because i really really like davros i think he's just a crazy nutty old oh i do yeah he's he's just very cool um so yeah so that's one thing i did like about actually with davros um it's a shame he wasn't in there a bit more actually because it's a great reveal um you know when he that thing opens up and he's in it it's just it's like ah oh, davros is in it you know it's quite a nice double twist because you thought he was in it before and then it's not him and then he is in it and yeah and, but only for that short scene at the end and there's a good exchange to him and the doctor the whole unlimited rice pudding of, of, obviously gets quoted quite a lot <laughs> yeah um i'd like a t-shirt with that one actually that'd be quite that cool, cool yeah. <laughs> yeah if anyone wants to make one but yeah um yeah i know what you mean it's uh yeah and that's what i was it going is a bit clunky yeah that's what i was going back to earlier about um i love the story so that, that whole yeah. part of it with Davros and stuff, you know, I love that. That was cool. 
I think maybe my problem with it is overall is just the execution of the story. Um, yeah. Okay. So the way that the Daleks were done, if you you know, there's quite a few scenes in the last quarter where <laughs> there's quite a few Daleks going along streets and stuff like that. They look terrible. When they're wobbling along, you mean? They're like falling apart. Like, <laughs> you know, it, I, underst- I know. You know, I understand the budget kind of, you know, the, back in the day, Doctor Who never had the biggest budget, did it? But, um, Although they, there's a, that explosion by the factory, um, they really got, went for it on that because they had fire engines and all sorts, apparently, when they, you know, when they blow up that. Yeah. Have you seen the outtake? They blow up the gate and they actually melted the Daleks on the other side of it, apparently. So they, yeah, they probably blew all the budget just on that one explosion. Yeah, so the Pryro guy just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but I, I do know what you mean. The Daleks, yeah, they are a bit wonky and the stuff like that, especially the bit where Sylv's hiding in the tent and the Daleks going around the, yeah. you know, the manhole tent and it's almost sort of, um, I mean, it's a bit drunk. It looks like it's been down the pub that you can see just down the road, doesn't it? But yeah. um, I think that's the thing. When you ask me, because I said it's one of my favourite stories and I, I'll emphasise the word story because I think the story is great, but yes, you're right, perhaps the execution isn't great, but I suppose this sort of comes back to what I was saying about the other stories. I'm judging it on what they had at the time I think they did quite well. When when you see more McCoy, some of them really, I mean, Happiness Patrol is a, one that springs to mind. It's, you know, the sets are really, they, they look like paintings and, <laughs> you know, the, the budget was pretty, pretty bad back then because it was still being made as a children's program. So it got the budget of a children's program. So I think, I don't know, for me, yeah, it's a product of the time. The execution perhaps uh, lets it down slightly, but but I think, story is great and i think they probably did the best they in fact i probably think they did quite well considering what they were up against you know you were saying about the script though how it seems like they've been given the line and said go and then move on yeah i, I don't think you're too far wrong there because sylv says in the commentary that if you look at his pockets they're bulging and that's because he's got the script in there oh, really? i think you, yeah right. if you ever look at it, his pockets are bulging and he he says yeah he just so you're probably not far wrong then i mean the, the schedule for doctor who back then was really tight and they probably were literally just doing that. I wouldn't be at all surprised. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, again, I don't want to end on a negative because I hate doing that. But uh, yeah. I had noticed I had noticed I'd, when, when we started talking about it that I, I did sit up almost as if I was preparing for a battle. Preparing for a battle. <laughs> but I, I think, you, you know, I totally see your point. Yeah. I, I think it's very valid what you say about it, but I was surprised you didn't like it more than you did. That's that's what I would say. I, I do think it's a great story. Maybe you'll come back to it one day, and it's a bit like I did with Midnight. Maybe one day, in a year or so's time, you'll think I oh, I might just give that another go. I might just have dinner and watch watch it again, and maybe you'll like it a bit more. Well, yeah, well, I was just about to say that well, after I've watched some other McCoy stuff, I, I might come back to it and, and see. <laughs> I can't wait to hear some of you, some of your McCoy uh, um, commentaries <laughs> coming up because um, yeah. You're in for some treats. <laughs> well, I've got some queued up ready to go. I've got some new uh, DVDs over the last week or so that I, I still need to watch, which is Paradise Towers, um, Curse of Fenric, and Ghost I like, I like, yeah, I mean, Curse of, Curse of Fenric's a good one. But what I was going to say, when I said about watching them in order, do have, um, maybe have a, you know, watch a McCoy and then a Baker one, just to remind yourself why you actually like Dog 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. So the story-wise, I loved it. I, I really yeah. liked the story of it, and uh, I just, I was just left feeling a bit like um, I'd been shortchanged watching Doctor Who. And let's 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 be clear. I didn't hate it by any means. 
No. You know, I, I still enjoyed watching most of it. It was just, uh, yeah, not one, not one of, not one that's blown me away from the classic era thus far. I think it's fair, fair to enough. say. Fair enough. But I will come back to it. That that I, that that's a, a sure thing. Once I've watched some more McCoy, I will definitely come back. Cool, cool. And I think that's going to wrap for episode six. <laughs> So thank you very much for joining us for episode six. It has been absolutely awesome having you with me on this one, Adam. Thank you very much for joining me. Oh, no, thank you very much for asking me. I'll tell you, I've loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's been really cool chatting all things Doctor Who, Classic Who, New Who, Whovians, Seasons, the whole lot. Whovians, you said it. And I said Seasons. <laughs> Whovians and Seasons in one sentence. Wow. That's two pounds in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> Just give us uh, another plug, will you? Just tell us about your sites and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, actually, I guess uh, it's the easiest thing for me to say is um, geekshandbag.com. It's got all the links on there, um, all my little silly videos where I review stuff. Um, it's a lot of Doctor Who, the odd bit of Blake 7. I love The Prisoner as well, so it's a bit of that. So, yeah, geekshandbag.com. Do have a look. Yes. Thank you very much for joining me, buddy. It's been awesome. Thank you very much. So this is brought to you by the thebigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at bigblueboxpcast. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Big Blue Box Podcast. And you can find all of these podcasts and other bits and pieces on the actual site, which is www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. I will see you next time in episode seven. And until then, allons